Good morning. Good morning. Amen. Now we sound alive. Amen. Isn't God good? Can you give him a clap offering? Come on now. He's alive. He's well. Amen. He, he, he definitely is in the midst of us, and he, he wants our praises. Uh, this morning, I'm honored to, to bring the, the short words, as I have a custom of saying, if it's seven words, if it's one letter, if it's a paragraph, whatever it may be, I hope that God may bless you and I on this day. You know, as I was meditating on, on, on the pastor's um, theme for the last month series, Music of the Heart, um, I started pondering in, in, in the chase, you know, and, and I'll get to, I'll combine both somewhere along the line. Nevertheless, you know, there's all kinds of chases, you know, cops and robbers. I don't know about you. I, re- I love the old westerns where, where, where the, 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 the marshals chase the, 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 the thieves, and there's always a chase. Boys chase the girls, and the dogs chase the cats, and the kids chase each other. There's just a bunch of chases all over the place. Well, nevertheless, on what we've read recently um, up, that was up on the screen, we see clearly that King Saul was chasing David. Was chasing him because obviously David was getting so, more, so much more credit than Saul was, and envy crawled in. Envy crawled in, so Jonathan, the son of the king Saul, demised a plan. A plan that would deliver David from the chase. Now, I thought it, would, it was interesting, uh, and I have a few points within this. Um, one is that in, in order, the plan was demised that he was going to utilize three arrows. But within those three arrows, uh, what I've come to the understand, in order for the arrows to reach the mark, the, the bow has to be stretched. The bow has to be pulled in order for it to get height and distance in order to hit the mark. And that's interesting because some of us actually are being pulled, tugged, stretched, and may not understand that God has a plan in our lives. It's so easy for us to find our immediate circumstance and say the devil did it or to say, oh, everything is going wrong. But when we sit back and just watch and look and ask God, there might be a divine plan in our lives through it all. So necessarily when you're, when you're being pulled, it means that God possibly has a mark for you, has a distance from you, a distance, a mark a perfect mark in order for you to reach where he has destined for your life. Now, the verse tells us in James 1.3, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And in that stretch, you're being tested. In that stretch, that's where your characteristics come out. Some people, unfortunately, nowadays, during tough circumstances, difficult moments, what they turn to is other things, people, places, and things. But God wants us to turn towards him because there's a divine plan for us, but he won't reveal it to us because it's ahead of us, not in our present, but in our future. 
But God knows all, sees all. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. He knows our lives from our birth to the cradle, from the cradle to the grave. He knows who we are. He has defined our lives accordingly. But it's up to us to wait on him and allow him to show us that mark that he has destined for us. So it produces perseverance. But Jonathan, in order to hit the mark, he needed something else. First of all, he needed to stretch that bow. He needed to stretch it in order to hit the mark. But he also needed something in particular. Proverbs 29, 18 in King James uh, Bible says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. So he needed to stretch. Obviously, I explained clearly that as, as believers and even non-believers, we're going to be stretched. But the objective is to see if we turn to God or to other things. I can clearly um, tell you, and I know of many, and of course, um, we know of many people that when circumstance comes, some turn into liquor, some turn into drugs, some turn into things to alleviate what they're going through. But if they understood that sometimes that stretch is a process so that so God can allow you to reach destiny, we need to be stretched. Stretching hurts. Growing pains hurt. But in the long run, we'll see that God was in the midst of it all. So another thing that a good marksman needs is, is vision. And the verse that I read is where there is no vision, the people perish. You also need to want. You need to want. Now, I'll explain myself. Unfortunately, in the inner city, there's some kids that I've worked with throughout my 27 years of being sober all over. I've seen some kids when I'm taking them out of the limits of the boundaries of the inner city, four blocks radius, five radius, whatever, school radius, whatever their limits are. When you take them out of that element where they feel comfortable, everything that they know is in that area. But when you take them out of that boundaries, they start to see more. My vision is that they can see more. In order to want more, you need to see more. And I can honestly tell you that I've seen vehicles that I've driven with a bunch of kids, young men sitting behind me in the mid-20s, come to life as you're driving two and three hours. Wow. And you start seeing the kid in them come on. Oh, if that was mine. Oh, we can have a, a barbecue there. Oh, that's my house. Just like children. Because in order to want, you have to see. So it is our responsibility as Jonathan, he stretched out and, and flung the arrow. But importantly, he flung it for a young man. The young man necessarily did not know what was the objective or what was Demise plan, but nevertheless, he instructed a child. He told him, follow the arrow. Follow the arrow. Vision, follow the arrow, high and wide. So sometimes people or young people or other people or people that are lost don't have vision, but it's our 
It's an opportunity, let's put it like that, for us to show them that you're being stretched, that God has a plan, and what you do is set, set the mark a little high and wide and let them know that there is greater within them. Because, uh, unfortunately, those that are going through the stretching sometimes that turn to the bottle, that turn to drugs, they have no vision. They think of the present, but believers don't believe only in the present. We believe that God works all things for the good for those that love them, that the way we are in a situation, the way that we are being stretched, is the same way he's going to bring us back. Amen? But for that, you need faith. But sometimes God allows us to set the bar a little bit higher for others. So the arrow at this point would instruct and direct. It instructed the boy the way he should go. Proverbs 22, 6 tells us, start children off on their way they should go. And even when they are old, even when they become men, even when they become women, they will not turn from it. So there's an obligation for us, not only as parents, but for us older folks to teach some of the younger folks and and let them learn from our mistakes. Because if they learn from our mistakes, it doesn't cost them anything. Set the bar. Set it high. Tell them, you know, I'm not satisfied with you just giving me a 12th grade um, 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 diploma. Set the bar. I see a doctor in you. I see a lawyer in you. Set the bar high. Set the bar high so that you can hear one day the words from one of them said, say, you set the bar high so that I can walk on your ceilings. Amen? I'm not losing anyone yet, am I? No? Okay, good. So that's, it was used for instruction, okay? Start the children off on their way. Give them direction. And also, just as important, there was a man that was in crisis. Let me read the verse that I have uh, for this uh, next few words that I'm going to say. Therefore, Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Just, just as in fact you are doing. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. In fact, just like you're doing. He was building David up. David came to the end basically of his life. David was being chased. David was being sought after. David's next step was possibly the grave. But one man stood up called Jonathan. And Jonathan happens to be the son of the king. The Bible clearly tells us that there are friends that stick closer than a brother. He actually encouraged him. He built him up. How did he build him up? He built him up because in a time of distress, when he had no hope, he gave him hope because he stood there. He stood in the gap, and he assured that that David was not going to perish. He stood before him and said, basically, I'm with you to the end. I will not allow you to fall. It's pretty amazing how someone is daring enough and bold enough to basically 
take a bullet for you. The Bible tells you two is better than one, so if one falls, the other one can lift him up. And this is exactly what's happening in this scenario. A man is down and out, but also there's an opportunity for a child to be instructed. Now, there's other kind of chases, and I think that's what I'm trying to get to. David was being chased. There's chases all over the place. But there's a a chase that brings music to the heart. There's a chase that... um, Always brings music to the heart. You, you know what I'm talking about, men and women, when, when, when you see that girl that you kind of like her. You know what I'm saying? Hey, girl. Hey, a little friend nudges. Look, who's that guy? He's handsome. There's a chase going on. There's, there's a little chase. And, and you know what? It's all the worthwhile because at the end, when you're in the altar ready to marry, boy, I skipped the whole courtship, didn't I? But let's just go forward a little bit, a couple years. You know, it, it brings forward music. Come on now. Some of us use that music in our weddings. Remember that first song? The first song that you heard when you, when you liked her or you were listening to or, or um, when she liked him, that music that came on and it just, it wasn't ordinary anymore. It just, you know, wowed you. You know, songs like Always and Forever, Love Me Like You Do, The Power of Love, We Found Love, The Power of Love. There's songs that we, we still to the day, I know that me and my wife listen to, and when I hear Always and Forever, hey, that's our song, baby. That's where I wild you at. You know, there's a song that really takes us somewhere. It, it just... It's just the persona of what happened in our lives, of what joined us together. A moment, I don't care what difficult times you may be going through, but when you go back to that song, there's something about that song that whenever you're in a party and it comes on, oh, wait, usually no one is on the floor. You probably haven't gone on the floor to dance all night, but when that song comes on, baby, let's dance this one. It's indicative. It's a reminder It takes you to a good place. And as believers, we go through hardships. Sometimes we seem as we're being chased. And guess what? We are being chased by spiritual things. Psalms 91 speaks about it. And a bunch of other verses. uh, John 10.10, the devil has come to kill, to, to, to lie, and to destroy. He's after us. The chase is on, baby. It's on. He wants to... Take us out. He wants to undo our relationship between God and us as the same way that the king wanted to bring a demise to the friendship of Jonathan and David. He was upset of that friendship. He wanted to bring it to the end because basically he felt that he was being betrayed by his own son. But his son seen destiny. His son seen destiny in David. David eventually gets crowned king. We have to be king makers. We have to see people that are down and out. We have to set the bar high and make kings out of them. Help them become the king that is within them. When there's no more hope, we see a lot of people in the streets that have no hope. We're kingmakers. We don't see their present. We can see their destiny through the power of God. 
that is within us. Amen? But there's also a chase. There's the chase, the greatest chase ever. God has been after man since the beginning of time. When man dropped the ball, when man sinned, man always got it wrong. God allowed men and women to bring forth the burning of of animals, sacrificial animals, in order to redeem us. But God said, there's a problem with this human thing, people that I made. They're going from bad and from worse. And, And he said, let us do one thing once and for all. And that is called John 3.16. So God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. See, he knew we were going to get it wrong. He knew we were going to get it wrong. So once and for all, he sent his son. He sent his son when we were lost. And guess what? When that chase is over and we make that connection... And we start courtship between Jesus Christ and our lives. This song, there's a song that starts to uh, uh, resound in our hearts like a symbol. That whenever crisis comes, that song comes along. No matter if we're going down and out and we're in troubled waters. And if we find ourselves in desperate moments, the song starts to sound in our hearts to let us know it's going to be all right. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And let me tell you. I think I, I, I just thought this was pretty amazing that the song that, that I chose to, to give an example of what you hear when, when you know that things are going wrong, but you know that it's going to be all right because the Lord said, I will be with you to the end of time. And you want to shout to the world this song. You know, as a matter of fact, it being uh, 4th of July week, and it is said that in 1776 that one of the original um, signers of the Declaration of Independence, uh, uh, when it was signed, he he turned over to his grandson and said, let it ring. And the, the grandson ran out, let it ring, let it ring, because there was a Declaration of Independence. Hallelujah. And as believers, there is an independence from sin, an independence from the devil. And we should be shouting out to the world, we are free. We're declared free through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the song that I happen to choose to use as the lyrics that we may uh, be listening to in a time of trouble, and knowing that the chase is over, and because the chase is over, I know it's going to be all right. The same way as a, as a man uh, uh, looks after his wife when trouble times, he assures that his, his little chicklings and, and his beautiful wife are okay. He's going to do everything in his, in his demise, everything in his power to make sure that they're okay. The same thing our Heavenly Father does. And, and this is what I thought I would, the sound of, 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 of music in our heart. Uh, because that's what happens when we have that encounter. And it's the song that was sung earlier this morning, the first one, and I happened to have it right on my sheet before they started that song. It says, oh, Lord, my God, when I'm in awesome wonder, consider all the words, worlds thy hands have made. 
I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. The power throughout the universe is displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Then sing my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. When, when through the woods and forest glades I wander. And hear the birds and sing sweetly in the trees. When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur. And hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze. And when I, I think that God, his son now sparing, sent him to die. I scarce can take it in. That on the cross my burdens gladly bearing. He bled and died. To take away my sin. When Christ shall come with a shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow in humble adoration and then proclaim, my God, how great thou art. In the nutshell, this is what we feel. That is the music of our relational uh, contact with the Almighty. That's where darkness and light comes together as one. But it seems as the light prevails over the dark because the light that I'm speaking about is not the light from the S-O-N, S-U-N. It's from the S-O-N. He brings light into any difficult situation in spite of what we're going through. 2 Corinthians, my, one of my favorite verses, 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that whoever comes to Christ, it's a new beginning. In other words, we have the ability to start over, not by entering into the womb of our mothers. Impossible. Starting over means that when Christ comes to us, he gives us another identity. I'm no longer known as Ben, the drug dealer. I'm no longer known as been the drug user. I'm not, I'm not known for many things. What I'm known for with my new identity is that I am a child of the Most High. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we have a chase. And we're going to close. We have a chase. We're chasers also. Because we're, taught, we're, we're actually told by God, go ye into the world. Go ye into the world. Go chase them. Go tell them they have life. Go tell them that the devil has been lying to them. That the devil has been telling them that they're not worthy of anything. That they should be dead. That they're nobody. That they will never be somebody. We should chase them down and tell them they are somebody. We're chasers. Do you know that Paul... When we think it's all said and done, when we know die, Jesus died for the unrighteous, Paul chased the church. Paul was a martyr. He went to declare death upon all believers. But yet that did not exclude him because Christ died for him also. So what I'm saying today, it matters not what you've done, no matter what you have not done. All I can say is the Bible has it's telling us that no matter what, Jesus died for you. And he loves you. God loves you unconditionally. Paul should have been hung on a cross. He killed thousands of believers. But yet, that is a great example that we should have for our lives. That 
he went from chasing believers to being chased. And if not for his conversion, not a third of the Old Testament would exist. But that's what our Lord and Savior does. Every week we chase people down. There's a few pictures that I want to put up there, and this is not the boast. Hopefully they'll get up there, up on the screen. Nevertheless, there are many that are doing this. And the reason I'm showing you these pictures is not to show what we do on Saturdays, but to ask for a favor from you. If you see on the left-hand corner, there is a pad, a, a big uh, a pad up on a, whatever you call those things, tripod. And what we're doing now is having the men and women that are roaming the streets that are homeless and that are in addiction and in need of someone to chase them down with the good word, we're pursuing that. We can come together in what we believe may forever change their lives. On that pad that you see up there that's going to be from here on is going to be stuck up on the window of my office, you're going to see their prayer requests. Stop by there. Take a picture. Stop by there. But don't take a picture only. Remember them when you get in prayer. Because prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. You and I have the power with the direction of the Holy Spirit to aim them in a direction opposite than what they're going to. Do you know, and I've probably said this before, there are three things that some of the young kids in the inner city store or put away. I'll just say it really quickly. One is, and remember, vision. If you want your child to become a doctor, I mean, of course it's God's will, you're going to be preparing them in that area, him or her. Am I right, parents? You're going to speak in the ear and you're going to say, we want you to be a doctor. We want you to be a doctor. And, of course, they'll go off and do what God chooses and hopefully it's what we want them to do. But nevertheless, that's what you prepare for. In the inner city, what we've seen throughout the years is that young people prepare for the future. But let me tell you what their preparation is. First of all, half of the children that um, go go to high school drop out. The other half don't even graduate. Now, it's unfortunate, but the three things that a lot of the young folks have stored away is a picture and a song and clothing. A picture, a song, and clothing. This makes no sense, does it? You know why? They're preparing for the future. I'll tell you why. The picture is usually the one that they're going to use in front of their shirts. You probably know this, right? They want their pictures or they want buttons with their picture on it when they die. They have the clothing that they want to be used when when they're being buried. And thirdly, the song is the one that they want them to play during their viewing or at some point in their procession. They have no vision. Their vision is the grave where most of us probably prepare for the future for our children by putting money in the bank and saying this is for their future. That's the vision that I have for them. 
Unfortunately, there are many kids that you probably see roaming in these streets that that's what they prepare for. One more thing. They go, they chase. These men and women in the street corners, they chase. I don't know if anyone heard this saying, they chase that high. Have you ever heard that before? Okay. They chase that high. And most of us, and what it is, they're chasing the high that is going to make her higher than ever. If they hear the news that somebody's selling a better high, they're going to run over there. Another thing is, is crazy. How many of us have heard, um, we, it's always in the news, um, 80 people were taken to the hospital for overdose, right? 80, 100, whatever it may be. You would think you would learn from the one. And once somebody's dropping dead somewhere, you won't chase that high no more because it's killing people. But you know it's the reverse side. When they hear that that's that high, that's why you get 80 and 90 people in the emergency room overdosing. That's the high that they want. They don't want to live like this. We need to chase them down, church. We need to chase them down and tell them that there is hope. That there is life, not death. We become the chasers. But it's up to us to get involved at one way or the other. But the opportunity I'm saying today is go to, the de- go to my office. You'll see that pad. You'll see it stuck up on the window. And from here on, Tom and I and his wife that prepares the food and whoever wants to come out, help us by praying for those names. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father in heaven, I just thank you. Um, I thank you for...